I honestly sell myself more than I sell my tequila. Right. Um, because again, in our industry, it's an industry of false hopes and false promises. Like, Hey, if you do this, I'll do, you right. know, and then boom, I'm on to my next state. I'm trying to go nationwide as fast as possible. Um, and I'm trying to do the exact opposite. I'm slowly yeah. growing internally and building relationships with the people that are behind the bar each day. Yeah. Um, and so that's just kind of where the tequila sells itself. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I know I wouldn't make crappy tequila. I know how other brands are making their tequila. Yeah. Um, well, everything you've talked about sounds super intentional. So yeah, I imagine. It, it's very intentional. And we kind of learned that a lot of people are not knowledgeable in tequila. Um, they just they have shots. <laughs> All right, guys, happy Wednesday and welcome back to another episode of Side Boobs Inside Hustles. This is my second time recording this because the first time that I recorded it, I literally sounded like I was sleeping, which is understandable because I have been working so much, so hard. I have so much going on right now, but I decided to pull together a little bit of energy and re-record this. Um, So today's episode is with Bryce Lobb, the co-owner of Una Vida Tequila, um, he came over and he has a bag and he starts pulling out tequila bottles. And like I assumed he would probably bring some tequila for me to try, but he pulls out like six bottles, three of which he gives to me. And then the other three are the ones that we're testing. So there's three different kinds. Um, we tried all three of them. I am genuinely shocked that I wasn't like blacked out during this interview because I don't drink very much like I just don't it's not like I'm against drinking I just don't I don't know I guess have time so I try all three of them really I didn't drink that much but for me it was like oh quite a bit um but his episode is super fascinating just the the process of creating the tequila is super fascinating which I know that it probably doesn't sound like it's going to be but it really really is um Bryce is just super knowledgeable in that aspect, as well as marketing and branding, which I talk about a lot. Um, They do great marketing, have great branding, and he speaks on that some. So it's all just really awesome information. And I mean, we drank tequila on the episode, so what's cooler than that? Before we get into the episode, though, let's do High Key Low Key. If you are new here, High Key Low Key is where I share the highs and the lows of my life, just to keep you a little bit updated on what's going on with me. Um... High key, I spoiled myself and put a coffee bar in my office. Um, I did a poll on Instagram and everybody said that I needed it. So, you know, Instagram decides all the major decisions in my life. Like y'all are there to help me out because otherwise I don't know how I would decide. So I went and got a Keurig, a bunch of different flavors, creamer, stir sticks, mugs, a mug holder, a desk, all the things. I still feel like there's a ton more that I could add to it. However, it was pretty expensive, so I'm going to like pause for a minute and just use it. Um, I do think it's going to save me a little bit of money because I was going to get coffee like almost every day. And now I'm doing my best embracing the hot coffee life because... Also, previously, I was a strictly cold coffee drinker only because I was too impatient to wait for it to cool down, and I hate burning myself. Like, I just don't understand it. I don't know why people want to do that to themselves. 
but I am becoming accustomed to it and typically what happens is I brew it and then I forget about it and by the time I remember it's already cooled down so it's good like it's we're doing good we're, we're getting along so far low-key I don't really have a lot of lows I mean I've been past couple of weeks have been super stressful I've had a ton going on um but nothing super significant like out of the ordinary but I will say my office is like 95% put together. However, I need Dustin to help me put this one picture on the wall. You guys, I am a do it all. I can do it girl. I built our dining room table. I built the chairs. I built this desk. I hang stuff on the walls, but this one picture is like pretty heavy and I just don't feel super confident that I'm not going to literally fuck up the wall when I try to put it up there. So like I've asked for assistance and I don't know what it is, but guys just like it takes like months for things to actually get done. And I just stare at it every day. And I'm like, I just want that one, the freaking wall. So I guess if I had a low key, it would be that I am tired of staring at this picture on the floor when it needs to be on the wall. It is a canvas from Africa. It's super cool. I might just go ahead and try to hang it myself, honestly. I mean, what's the worst I could, like, what's the worst I could do, honestly? Um, other than that, I got a quick little headshot session done with Ashley Burbank, who was on last week's episode. Um, I needed a few pictures for my real estate stuff, but what y'all don't know is if you listen to her episode, she talked about how their business was going to start incorporating more branding stuff and maybe pulling back on weddings a little bit, but definitely pushing branding and I have a call with both of the Ashleys tomorrow to talk about my branding shoot because they are going to do one for me. I'm super excited about it, especially after shooting last night with Ashley because it was just like a super quick thing that I needed to get done. Um, it wasn't like a full session or anything crazy, but I'm super excited to see what kind of creative stuff we come up with and just to see like what we're going to do because I do have multiple brands. Um, how we merge them together, if we do that, if we just focus on one. I don't know what we're going to do yet, but you know, I've got my page, Brit Ferris, which is just kind of like a collection of all the things. And then I have Roaming Reverie, which is my photo, video, content creating business. I have the podcast, Side Boobs and Side Hustles. And then I also still kind of operate under She Hunts Kansas, which was my hunting page. I still have it on Facebook and I still use the email to coordinate with any um, partnerships and that sort of thing, any kind of work that I'm doing in the outdoor industry, I still operate under that. Um, and then most recently with the realtor stuff, She Sells Kansas is my new brand. Um, so I just have a lot of stuff. So I'm excited to see what we come up with, how we're going to go about that. I love branding and marketing. You guys know that. And Bryce with Unavita is also they're just really good at it too and he has a lot of good insight on the subject so without further ado here is Bryce Lobb the co-owner of Unavita Tequila all right guys I am sitting down today with Bryce Lobb he is the co-owner of Unavita Tequila is that how you say it that I is right so. okay you cool got it right Awesome. Um, he brought three, is it called flavors when you're talking about tequila? Profiles. 
profiles. You can kind of say it <laughs> however you want. There are flavored tequila out there, but there's no additives or sugars or f- any flavoring to this. That's how I was thinking. I was like, it's not really a flavor. Like, no. It doesn't taste like a flavor, but he brought three of them, and we we're going to try them real quick to start off the episode, and then we are going to talk a little, ask him some questions. So what yeah. do we have first? So first one's going to be our Blanco. Um, these are all 100% agave, which means there's no added sugar and no dyes. Um, so Blanco's tequila in its purest form. Uh, it's going to be distilled twice, which I know we'll get into that whole process. But this is going to have pepper notes. Uh, it's going to be a little vegetal. We are highlands agave. There are different elevations of where the plant grows in Mexico um, that provides different, I guess, flavoring to the profile. Okay. Um, and so it's a little sweeter, but we think it helps remove some of the burn that a lot of tequilas have on the back end. Okay, I'm nervous. I'm going to have cheers. I'm going to have to like turn on the fan. I'm getting hot just thinking about drinking this. Tequila will warm you up. I'm nervous. That is very smooth. Wow. I have like a fear of tequila a little bit just because I've had really bad tequila. And everyone's got a backstory. Yeah, I kind of stay away from it just because I have had like really bad tequila and I just... You know, you smell it. Everyone's got a horror story just from, yeah, the scent alone can get some people. So this is our Reposado. Um, It's aged four months in used American white oak whiskey barrels. Okay. So we buy used barrels um, from Jack Daniels, and then we age our tequila in it. That's Um, neat. So that's where the coloring and the flavor that you're going to pick up is coming naturally just from being in that barrel. Um, So a common misconception in tequila and where a lot of horror stories come from is there's two categories of tequila. There's mixto and there's 100% agave. Okay. Mixto tequila will be anything that says the word gold on it. Um, Okay, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, So any tequila that just says the word gold by law only has to be 51% tequila. The other 49% can be a neutral grain spirit, vodka, gin, anything like that. And then they can use food coloring, food dye, caramel coloring, sugar, oak extract, basically anything to make it taste like tequila, um, and a bunch of additives that are horrible for you. Um, what? That's where a wicked so hangover you, like, will come in. Think that you're drinking tequila, and it's like could be fifty yeah, percent gin. Yeah, by law, it only has to be fifty-one percent real tequila. Yeah, so that's That's where, you know, the agave plant is scarce, and that's where they kind of came up with this category that um, it's the cheap, you know, $10 bottle of tequila. um, That makes you cringe. That makes you cringe. Um, We'll have coloring to make it look like it's been in a barrel, uh, and actually the Blanco and the, the, the clear and the gold of some of these brands that you'll see are the exact same price point uh, because they're the same thing minus a little bit of food coloring. That's wild. I did not know. I don't know anything about tequila. You're going to learn today. (laughs) I'm going to learn a lot. I don't eat. What even is agave then? So agave is a plant. Yeah. It's a plant Hmm. that, so there's a specific species that's used. The blue Weber species is used for tequila. It's the only species that can be used to make tequila. Okay, I want to try this one. So this one, again, four months. It's going to be a little sweeter. Um, you're going to pick up some buttery notes. It's like the swirling thing, like when you're in wine? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it has legs. Like if you have like a mm-hmm. wine glass, typical tequila is like served in flutes almost. Oh, yeah. okay. I like that one more. Yeah. Hmm. 
And so what what is the difference in these three? The main difference. Like- main difference is just time in a barrel. Okay. Uh, so they're all twice distilled. And then after distillation, you get the Blanco. We take that Blanco and put it in used barrels. And four months later, you get the Reposado. 18 months later, you get the Añejo. So it's technically... Those are supposed to be better. The They're more expensive, and because and, they've been, and people will say, "Yeah, give me the best one." But if you're not a whiskey, bourbon, scotch drinker, um, you won't like this probably because oh. it's going to have more oak flavor. Okay, it will be. You know, it's a more expensive bottle. But if you're like, "Oh, I only drink vodka and gin," you probably won't like anything that's been aged. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, I don't love 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 vodka, so I might like the darker ones. Okay. I don't really know. I don't know. I mean, it's going to have more oak flavor. I think you start to pick up, like, some caramel, um, mm. just some of the... I, I'm a whiskey bourbon guy, so um, you just start to pick up some of those good flavors that make it a little bit more sippable. Mm. So is this one your favorite? Depends on the day, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I probably drink the most of our Añejo out of anything. So it's Añejo. Yeah. What's Reposado. Reposado. And then Blanco. Blanco. Um, why did you come up? What is the name? What does it mean? Una Vida means one life. Okay. Um, so my partner and I both worked in the industry for other brands. Um, we were actually going to go with Nueva Vida, New Life. We had a bunch of different uh, mock-ups, everything like that. And then One Life just kind of hit. Um, we had one of our investors um, kind of brought it to our attention, like, have you thought of Una Vida? And we just, I don't know, we loved it. So we both quit our jobs and went to Mexico and started this from scratch. So you just went to Mexico? Yeah. Did you know where you were going? Like, yeah, did you so, already have like contacts? Like, yeah, we knew had what you were doing. Yeah, so I, both Zach and I worked in the industry. He worked for another tequila brand. Okay. Um, and for years, I would kind of travel with him. We built a lot of great relationships down there in Mexico that um, made it fairly easy for us to start a brand from scratch, um, get proper licensing in both Mexico and the U.S. And uh, yeah, so now we travel down there and started all bottle label juice everything started from scratch crazy and we'll get a little bit more into that um let's drink this one and then i want to hear kind of your backstory like where you're from like does your history have anything to do with what you're doing right now um okay cheers again cheers it's still smooth but i like the middle one the most i think that one's like a little bit too much yeah it's got more is. oak on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's smokier. That's that's probably the word I would um, use, yeah. So, yeah, the Reposado tends to be the crowd favorite. It's just like a happy medium between the two. Very nice. I feel like that was a lot of tequila for me to have, I'm going to be honest, because I don't drink that much. And, well, yeah, I mean, not everyone drinks we'll tequila. We'll see what happens. Often, so, yeah, if you need to get water. I got coffee. Okay. Same. Same thing. Okay, so tell me your backstory, where you're from, where you went to school, kind of what all you went to school for, what you thought you were going to do, just just so we know who you are. <laughs> uh, so I'm from Wichita. Um, I went to Independent, um, graduated from Independent, and went to Coffeeville Community College, mm-hmm. played football, wasn't ready to stop playing. Um, only went there for a semester before I realized I was done, yeah. and then transferred to K-State, um, I dual majored in marketing and entrepreneurship and a minor in econ. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I've always kind of been an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I, as a little kid, you know, six, seven, I ran a shoe shining business around Wichita. That's um, awesome. and so I'd go to local businesses and find the businessmen that had, you know, 
30, 40 pairs of shoes. And my mom would drive around. We'd pick them up. I'd take them home, shine them for a couple bucks a pair. And That's take them crazy. Um, so that was fun. Um, so I did that. You know, I did the typical mowing lawns and everything like that. And then um, while I was at K-State, worked various jobs at restaurants and whatnot, paying my way through college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I interned at UBS in the finance world. Um, offered me a job out of college. Had zero desire to do it. Um, I cold called all day and made someone else look good yeah. all day, and it just was not exciting to me. Um, so then about my junior year is when my dad and his partner uh, were looking to start a Bloody Mary company, and I was in college and kind of fit the role that they were looking for for marketing and entrepreneurship and how do we get this done. Um, so while I was in college, I started helping them do that. Um, and started Salty Iguana, which is a tomatillo-based Bloody Mary mix. Uh, we learned that people don't, some people that don't like Bloody Marys, their main reason is they don't like tomato juice. Yeah, that's um, my reason. Yep, and that's my reason too. Um, so it was an alternative. Uh, it was green, so it was very unique. It was something hmm. completely different. Um, and so they lived in Colorado at the time, so we based it out of there. I was still in Manhattan going to school, started working, logo design, uh, helping build the brand, everything like that. Once I graduated, I moved to Denver um, and started that or continued working for that company. Uh, we sold Salty Iguana in Kansas, Missouri, Arizona, New Mexico, Florida, um, California. I mean, it was non alcoholic, so I could ship online. It was building the brand from scratch, um, which is what I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so then I met my business partner, Zach, uh, when I, in Unavita, uh, when I lived in Denver. Um, we met at a party there in Denver, and he was the first employee of another tequila brand. Um, I became fascinated with tequila yeah. um, and started asking him, hey, you know, next time you go down to Mexico, can I go with you? And I'll pay my way and kind of learn about it. So I went with him, just started learning. Him and I are the same age, so we kind of just grasped the industry. We're both hustlers and, you know, had mm-hmm. the same energy level. Um, and so we started doing events together. We started using their tequila with our Bloody Mary mix to make Bloody Marias um, oh. instead, of Bloody Mar- instead of a Bloody Mary. Um, so we did events all over Denver together. Um, we sold in different markets. We both knew different people. Um, and then fast forward three years after that, uh, time came that he was kind of ready to do his own thing. I was kind of ready to leave the position I was in. Um, and Unavita came to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both quit our jobs and backed up and went to Mexico. That's crazy. So how long do you have to go down to Mexico when you're... Uh, so I was down there last week, and I just went for a week. Um, when we first went, it was about three months. Um, you were down there for three months? Yeah, we kind of went back and forth. Um, but, I mean, we had to start from scratch. We had to find a label supplier and a bottle supplier and a cork supplier. So you are doing it all down there? Like, yeah, everything. It's probably easier. Now our labels are made in the U.S. Uh, we found a good company that makes them there. But it's, it's tough because you have to pay... Uh, double taxation if you're making something in the u.s and then you're importing it into mexico and then you're putting it on the oh, bottle okay that and then makes you're sense. bringing it back up the other direction so if everything's already there it just makes sense to have it made there yeah um so again our bottles and our corks and then the juice obviously has to come from there mm-hmm. uh, but the labels yeah recently we just changed to that's the old one oh, okay that's the new one 
Nice. And you have a history or you taught yourself Adobe. So you do all the design and stuff. What, yeah. what kind of was the thought process behind like what you wanted the brand to be, how you wanted it to come across, I guess. So yeah, I taught myself when I worked for Salty Iguana how to do Adobe programming. I found that hiring graphic designers is not cheap. No. Um, and hiring people to do that work, even though they do great work, uh, is not cheap. So I decided to learn myself. There's a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of resources out there. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Um, so spent a lot of hours just learning that. Uh, and then when we wanted to do Unavita, if you walk the tequila aisle, you'll find that typically all tequilas are very short and squatty. Um, they're short bottles. Why? Um, I have no idea. And the thing is bartenders hate them. They're hard to pour out of. Um, so a few things, you know, Zach and I spent weeks, months designing, hand putting on bottles, walking into liquor stores, putting on a shelf. People be like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm starting a tequila (laughs) brand. Leave me alone. Just checking it out. (laughs) And, And seeing how it looks. And so the tall vodka shaped bottle stands out in the tequila aisle. Um, and so that for us was the reason we went for a taller bottle as well as the long neck. Again, bartenders mm-hmm. uh, prefer it because it's easier to pour. Yeah. The shorter um, bottles are kind of bottom heavy. Yeah. Um, and we do have a thick, I mean, we wanted thick glass um, yeah. and everything like that. But as far as the bottle goes or the label goes, I just wanted simple, mm-hmm. um, very simple. I didn't want too crazy of designs or anything like that. Um, yeah. the Aztec bird, um, is a symbol for made in Mexico. Um, okay. so as far as I know, we're one of the only brands that put that right on the front of the bottle. Um, and so other than that, simple. Yeah. Yeah. Are there a lot of other tequila companies that are being made in Mexico then, or is it all every single brand? So that's what people don't realize. There's only about I think we're at 200 distilleries in Mexico and over 2,000 brands of tequila. Every single one of those brands comes from the state of Jalisco. Um, Legally, to have the word tequila on it, it has to come from that region. And so every one of those brands is made at one of those 200 plus distilleries. That's crazy. So some distilleries will make 50 to 100 brands. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so do you get to go to like the plant and stuff and see mm-hmm. the plants like physically growing? Yeah. Is that cool? I'll, I'll Is it like fascinating? You. Yeah, I'll show you a video after this. I can't, this. Um, I can't imagine. So yeah, we have, um, some of our own fields. Um, they're about an hour from our distillery, but yeah, they're, they're big. They can mm-hmm. get six feet tall. Um, the pina itself can weigh about a hundred pounds and it's, it's That's a fun thing to do. What is the process of getting the agave? Like yeah. Is this too much? I don't no. know. I think it's fascinating because yeah. I've like been on, um, it wasn't the Jack Daniels tour, but something like that. And I was like, this is crazy to me. Yeah. It's like cool. how they turn that into that. It's a process. So yeah, the agave, which is, it, most people think it's a cactus. It's actually part of the lily family, mm-hmm. um, grows, like I said, about six feet tall and there's a heart in the middle of it. That's the pina. Okay. It looks like a pineapple, pineapple. basically. Um, and it basically grows in the ground as it's growing, the plant has offspring and they'll take those little ones and replant them. Um, and there's no pesticides, nothing used in the planting of agave. It just grows on its own. Um, and so they take it and they grow it in nice rows and everything like that. Um, after about five to seven years, when it's fully matured, that pina is full of sugar. A farmer will come in and chop off all those leaves and mm-hmm. get to that heart, that pina, and then they'll take that to the distillery and then start making tequila. There's three different ways to cook tequila. Um, there's brick ovens, which is what we use. It takes 48 hours where they'll cook in these giant brick ovens, 
24 hours they'll have it on 24 hours it'll just cool and really soften the pina there's autoclave which is basically like a giant pressure cooker and it only takes like probably 16 to 18 hours Mm. and then there's diffuser which is a new way that people start making tequila which is a cheap way probably in like four hours where they put it in this giant machine and just pressure wash it as fast as they can the longer it takes the better it is (laughs) um so we use brick ovens after they soften the pina we put it through a roller mill which is basically just all these like knives that just pull it apart and just rip it um, Mm. and get all the juices out so all those juices have all the sugar in it that we want and we take those to a fermentation tank where we add yeast um, and then we start creating tequila. Thankfully, our distillery is actually one of the only distilleries that does closed fermentation. Um, so no, nothing from the air during fermentation can actually get in. Um, right. A lot of distilleries in Mezcal and tequila, they just do open fermentation. They just let anything from the air kind of come in and join. Um, mm-hmm. So we do closed fermentation tanks. After that, you finally go to distillation. We distill twice. At that point, it comes at a higher alcohol level, and then you add water in to get it back down to 80 proof. Okay. Um, and then, again, after two times, you're done with Blanco. Very cool. Crazy. The short version. Yeah, I would love to see that. I think yeah. it's fascinating. Uh, so when did you start? So we started tequila? in 2017. Okay. And yeah. was there a reason that you chose tequila? Instead? Did you ever think about doing another alcohol, or was it just because yeah, he already no. had? So long term, we will do other alcohols. Um, at that point, it was go with what you know. Right. Um, both of us were fascinated with tequila in general, as well as Zach had been working in that industry. Yeah. So the connections were there. Uh, the tequila industry has been booming ever since. Um, tequila in itself is just skyrocketing. People are drinking more and more. We drink twice as much here than Mexico does. Um, mm-hmm. So Americans crazy. like their tequila. Um, but yeah, that was just kind of why we started with tequila. Again, both of us are big tequila fans. Nice. Um, so you have one partner and you mentioned to me earlier that you have investors. Mm-hmm. Did you start with investors or is that something that you had to like run around pitching to people? Like how the hell do you get somebody to invest in? Yeah. You? So my business partner, Zach and I started the brand, um, investors came, I don't know, three, four, four or five months after, um, you know, we had done all the homework, you know, build, building our business plan, everything like that, had plans to go to a bank, um, basically doing everything like that. Uh, our investors now are Andy Frisella, Chris Klein, Brian Teach, Dan Fleischman. Um, they own, well, Andy and Chris own First Form Supplements. Um, so if you're in the supplement industry, it's a, lot, or a well-known brand. Where is that out um, of? St. Louis. Okay. Um, so they do protein powders and multivitamin, you know, everything like that. But then they also own supplement superstores. They both started it at 19 in Springfield, Missouri. Um, now, I don't know. They, I think they have like 20 stores across Missouri. It's kind of like a, it's a better GNC um, uh-huh. is the best way to describe it. Um, and then Brian Teach is one of the employees that works for them. And then Dan Fleischman started Who's Your Daddy Energy Drink. Um, he's the youngest um, owner of a publicly traded company. Um, and now he, you know, if you look him up in LA, he does a lot of like model citizen fun is a lot of raising money for homeless. And he's big in the world series of poker um, oh, okay. and stuff like that. Um, so that's what he's known for. But yeah, it honestly was like I had mentioned earlier to you, Andy had at the time, the number one trending podcast, the MF CEO, 
the motherfucking CEO. I love that. Um, and so you could still go watch or listen to all of his podcasts um, on entrepreneurship and self-help and everything like that. He probably has 300 episodes. Zach and I were very big fans. Um, Zach is from St. Louis, so he's from that same city that we reached out um, to see if we could pour tequila at one of their Summer Smash events, which is a big event they do every summer at their headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we poured. He was interested in our brand and wanted to learn more. Um, so we started meeting with him and honestly just offered him a seat on our board as a mentor. Um, we just started driving 16 hours from Denver to St. Louis like twice a week for two months <laughs> for like a meeting yeah oh my god um and so we just drive to ask him a question like hey we designed this label what do you think um mm-hmm. and he'd give us his opinion and then we drive back to them oh my god uh, and then we turn around and drive back um and so we kept doing that and again we just said hey we want you on our board you know everything and then the day finally come where he asked what's your financial situation we told him, we said, we're going to go to a bank. Here's our business plan. Here's our financials. Here's what we're looking for, our outlook to everything. Um, and then on the way back to Denver is when he texts both of us asking, you know, hey, here's what I want and I want in. Um, I don't do anything without my business partner, Chris. Here's who I want to bring on my team. And so, yeah, that was kind of the start of That's very cool. having investors. That's a big hustle to drive 16 hours back and forth <laughs> it's a lot of miles but um i feel like you do a lot of like marketing and collaborating with other people so your business partner is he still in st louis yep. um what all have you been doing i guess locally who have you been working with i yes. see you every i don't know i see it everywhere and i'm like how are you just knocking on doors like what's up <laughs> yeah so i mean that's part of it so we don't outsource any of our marketing and it's all in-house it's mm-hmm. just the two of us and then we have a intern uh and I always say that because I give him shit. Uh, his, yeah. na- his name's Oliver. Uh, he does our videography and photography. I mean, you know how important that is. Mm-hmm. And brand building that I was doing it myself for the longest time. And I just, it would get to a time where I'm like, dude, we haven't posted in eight days. Yeah. And both of us have been traveling busy. Like we got to come up and scrolling through our phone. What photos haven't we used? Yeah. Um, everything like that. So that was a very important thing was, hey, we got to find someone um, that's good at this and can get us good content that then we can so zach and i still you do our instagram ourselves like yeah. we want it to be our voice um, but all the content we kind of give them direction yeah. like hey here's what we're looking for here's what we need yeah. constant um, content yeah is constant content is needed um so he creates all that so yeah zach lives in st louis i live here um collaboration we're always looking to collaborate with people we just collaborated with four hands in st louis which is a big brewery um on a can paloma it's 32 ounces with 12 and a half percent alcohol it's it's huge you can only buy it from their brewery right now we're working to get it locally like or you know our label approved so we can sell it nationwide yeah. but, um collaborating here in wichita i mean i just have great relationships with bartenders and bar owners that anytime they need events or anything i do a lot of tequila dinners i've done one at newport and felipe's and i've got one coming up at the candle club what is that Um, so tequila dinner basically i work with their chef and he'll pair foods with each uh profile Um, and so they'll do appetizers entrees desserts everything like that and then they'll have a bartender that will also pair a cocktail with each one and then my partner and i come out and we talk tequila um it's just kind of a fun, intimate way for us to sit down and talk about the brand. 
see these are all the things that are going on in Wichita that I don't know about. No, well, that I we're gonna to get you to. in now. Um, do you sponsor any other companies? Like, how are you in all the all the bars around Wichita and all the liquor stores, or like? So I'd say I'm in. Most of them. 90% of the liquor. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can get it at ABC, Jacobs, Groves, Central Mart, you know, all the big yeah, guys. Yeah, the big ones. Um, as far as restaurants go, I have to hand sell each one. That's um, what I was kind of wondering, yeah. You know, it depends on the store. You know, people are stubborn. Um, you know, there's kind of a stigma in our industry that, hey, I'm going to sell you this bottle, and you're going to put it back there, and then you're never going to see me again, and it's never going to poor it's never going to sell anything and so people are pretty you know quick to say no um it helps that i live here locally and people always ask why haven't you grown to more states and i'm like well because that kind of defeats our brand which is building relationships internally like i want to be the one that talks face to face you have my cell phone number you need anything you want to do an event you want to do a staff training anything like that yeah Um, like I'm, i'm here i'm here let's do a promo night. Let's let me come in and buy people shots. Let's do an event you, or you have an event, you know, chicken and pickles, one of my biggest count, every event they have. I'm like, can I set up a table and let's run a special on margaritas. Let's hand out t-shirts. Let's, yeah. you know, it's not something they're used to. Um, just because again, those big name tequila brands have never stepped foot in there yet. Yeah. They've carried them for two decades. Yeah. Well, I feel like at least around Wichita people appreciate the local yeah. collaborating, which is nice. Um, I asked about sponsoring because I feel like I saw like a NASCAR on the oh, page. Yeah. What what is what's going on with that? So that well, that started with our investors, um, okay. Andy and Chris. The first form that is their car um, okay. that they sponsor, and it's in. So we have a Porsche that they just surprised us one day. Hey, <laughs> we, we you hey. now sponsor a car, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So that's cool. that's a fun thing for us to watch. Uh, our investor, Andy, huge car guy. Yeah. Um, I couldn't even tell you how many cars he has. But either way, it was um, something for him to get into and then something for us to kind of tag along that we get to sponsor with First Form and, like, Henry Guns, Michelin and stuff That's like awesome. that. Um, so, yeah, it's just a fun. That's a cool opportunity. It's a fun nationwide sponsoring. We're excited once COVID's over to actually get to travel around to these um nascar events yeah. and start pouring tequila that'll be wild i know dang i'm kind of jealous i need to change my just kidding <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make tequila <laughs> I yeah. um so what other hobbies or hustles do you have yeah so we talked about that a little this is my yes, hobby this is it uh i do this i'm i wake up at four i work out every day except he just Sundays. said he wakes up at four <laughs> yeah i wake up at four i i have a home gym now um i work out um, and then I read, I journal, I mm-hmm. write my goals down, everything like that every day. Um, and then I start getting my computer work done before anything, before anyone else is kind of up. Yeah. I respond to emails, everything like that. Um, and then, yeah, I go to bars, restaurants all day long. Um, That's crazy. And just have meetings with people. Um, those are kind of my hobbies, hang out with my dogs. How did you get yourself to wake up at four? Because I have been trying. I like that's one of my goals is to wake up earlier because there's just not enough time in the day for me mm-hmm. to get everything done. But I cannot wake up before like I would seven. Say, Seven's like my earliest. I'd say at least for me, 
and I know this isn't true for everyone, it never got easier. <laughs> it still sucks. Yeah, it still Every sucks. Every day, you're like, damn. Um, it still sucks. I would love to lay in bed all day. My dachshund just is a snuggler, mm. you know, and it's yeah. hard to get up when someone's in Keeping there. Um, but yeah, I, I started, you know, when I went to Coffeeville, I had 4 a.m. practice sometimes for cardio. Um, yeah. And then when I went to K-State, it kind of, obviously, it died down. I just partied there for a little bit yeah. and a lot of weight. Um, and then it started when I gained a lot of weight in 2012 and I decided never running more than half a mile, it would be a good idea to sign up for a marathon. Um, so I signed up for the Chicago marathon about a year out and that kind of, I was like, okay, well I can't turn back now. I signed up for it. Um, so I lost 70 pounds just waking up and running and working out. And then that just kind of got in the mindset of, all right, keep it going. And so I kept it off and I, I did the Chicago marathon again in 2016. And, um, that's crazy. So now I just kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of a habit to, yeah, but wake still up. painful. It's still painful. Do um, you go to bed early? I try and get in bed nine. Okay. Um, it's fairly early. I mean, someday on the weekends, I'll stay up later and maybe wake up at five or something like that. But I mean, yeah. naturally now my body will wake up at six at the late, you know, six yeah. 30 or something like that. Um, but my mindset's completely screwed if I don't work out. Yeah. And I kind of learned over time, I can't do it at the end of the day. No, you're I can't done. do like a 5 p.m. or 6. No, I'm done with the day. Yeah. Um, and the gym, before I had a home gym, was just packed. Oh, yeah. I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, I envy people that can get up and it's on my to-do list. <laughs> You'll get there. Goal. Yeah. But. One day at a time. I like set my alarm and it just... No, I just don't get up. Snooze. Snooze. Snooze, snooze. I'm usually up by 7.38, but still, that's not. still pretty good. But there's a lot of hours before that that I could be using. Yeah. Um, So what is coming next for you guys? Um, You kind of talked about merging into some other Yeah, so we're sold in Missouri, Kansas, and Texas. Uh, Oklahoma's coming next. Okay. Um, That's one we've waited on for a while because they had some legislation changes, licensing stuff that made it difficult for a supplier, a liquor brand to come into the market um, at a fair permit price. It's very expensive to get your license there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, you know, I have to pay. Each state is completely different in the licensing you have to get, the permits, the taxes, the paperwork that has to be done. Um, and so we just kind of waited, but our Kansas distributor has an Oklahoma branch. Um, and so we've just kind of been waiting for those to pass, hoping probably first of the year, um, we get into that market. Illinois is another one. Um, how do you get all of that information? Like, uh, so it's all online. Me personally, I never want to mess it up. So I just call the alcohol division of each state um, and tell them, Hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's who I am. What license do I need? Okay. What information do I need? Um, and they usually will walk you through it. Okay. Send me the forms. I didn't the realize fees. there was a number you could call. I'm like, yeah. I don't understand how people figure this stuff. Like, I know that there's stuff on Google, but I don't like necessarily trust all of that. Yeah. So, like, knowing that you can actually talk to somebody, and be like, hey, like, what do I actually need to do yeah. so that I don't get sued? That's how I am because I'm like, all right, I want to make sure because my luck, I'll fill out some form and they'll be like, yeah, this is not the right license. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. I just wasted this time. But every state's completely different um, for permits. You know, there are some liquor or some liquor stores and stuff that are East Coast that are all state run. Mm-hmm. Um, so you literally just, you know, 
get your permit from the state. You sell the tequila basically to the state, and they sell it to all the liquor stores. Oh. Um, so like Kansas here, I have to have – we're one of the only countries that still has a three-tier system that I'm a supplier. I have to sell it to a distributor, and then the distributor has to sell it to the liquor store. Okay. So I can never sell directly to like you. That's crazy. Yeah. That's dumb. <laughs> Everyone has to get their cut. It gets yeah. taxed at every level. Um, you kind of spoke about maybe getting into like whiskey or something else. How long term is that? Is that just kind of like an idea floating no, around? No, it'll be in the next five years. Um, okay. We'll have a Mezcal first, an extra in Yeho, which is going to be a tequila that's aged after three years. Okay. Um, so that's a big category. Um, so we'll have both of those first, um, and then we'll get into whiskey bourbon um is it gonna be under like a whole new brand have you uh, yeah have you so, that far? <laughs> uh, so one life spirits is our umbrella company like, okay uh, so we have our own import company that owns Unavita. um so a lot of people don't know that almost all the brand not all the brands but all the big name brands that you see on the shelves are owned by like three or four conglomerates um so okay. there's diageo bacardi constellation and they own Patron, Casamigos, Don Julio, Grey Goose, um, Jameson, Jägermeister. And so for us, it was important because I enjoy brand building. So is my partner, Zach, um, that we want to do this same thing, but I want to build each brand. So these conglomerates had a lot of money and just saw a successful brand and bought it. Saw a successful brand and bought it. Um, So like Ryan Reynolds Aviation Gin just sold. Someone just bought it. Um, And so for us, it's long term you know we're still fairly young that it's like hey it'll be more fun if we Can build each one of those um under our umbrella that from would be scratch so fun yeah. i love branding i love brands i, I just am kind of jealous because you get to do each one and yep. like that's cool and then we besides the mezcal that was uh extra Yeho, we have one more thing coming out in the next hopefully 60 days 60 days all i can say is it's in a can in a can? It's in a can. Oh my gosh. It's going to be here first? Yeah, it'll be sold in Kansas and Missouri. I can't wow. I can't say can't what say. it is yet, but... Ooh, I can see it, but we can't tell you, yeah. so I guess you'll just have to stay tuned. Yeah, all I can say is it's in a can. We're rushing to get it. Um, that looks awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to try that. We're excited about that. Um... I guess this is kind of for you to do like a little bit of a sales pitch for yourself. What makes your tequila the, <laughs> <laughs> the best? And I'm not ever trying to say like mine's better than yours. I've tried a lot of tequilas. There's a lot of brands out there. Um, for us, honestly, f- for my partner, Zach, and myself and anyone we hire, Oliver and people after that, I, I honestly sell myself more than I sell my tequila. Right. Um, because again, in our industry, it's an industry of false hopes and false promises like hey if you do this I'll do you know and then boom I'm on to my next state I'm trying to go nationwide as fast as possible um and I'm trying to do the exact opposite I'm slowly growing internally and building relationships with the people that are behind the bar each day yeah um and so that's just kind of where the tequila sells itself in my opinion Mm -hmm. I know I wouldn't make crappy tequila I know how other brands are making their tequila Um, well, everything you've talked about sounds super intentional. So yeah, I imagine. It, it's very intentional. And we kind of learned that a lot of people are not knowledgeable in tequila. Um, they just 
They just have the money to throw out at something that's going to come back. And they go to the bar and there's the choice of the well or the choice of the $12 or $10 Patron and they don't know why they're choosing one or the other. They just think it's cool. Yeah. Um, And so that's why we do all of our own tastings. I don't outsource to tasting companies. I know long term that may not be the case, but for now I enjoy every Friday, Saturday being at a different liquor store, sometimes multiple liquor stores. I'll run around town and set up on a a barrel and pour and just talk tequila or I'll walk the tequila aisle and just talk with people. Hey, my brand may not be in your price point, but I can tell you which ones of these I enjoy the most that aren't a good price point and why they may be better than the one you're trying to buy right now. Yeah. So Um, moral of the story, which this is something that I've preached a lot is that you are your brand, like regardless of whatever your product is. I've talked about this a lot on here actually. (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah, no, that's exactly, uh, it's hard to, I mean, I struggle on the social media side selling myself on Instagram. I do well on a company page, Mm -hmm. um, but it's easy when I'm at a bar or restaurant. It's just, again, it's just, I'm in the relationship game. I'm about building friendships and everything like that. I want to hang out with people. I want to have fun. Again, Una Vida, one life. We all have this one life. I don't want to just sit at home on my couch all day um, or work a nine to five and then go home and then work a nine to five. And then, you know, I, I want to go after my goals and... So it's just kind of having fun. Yeah, it's very cool. So what is your favorite way to drink the tequila? Are you going to tell me straight? Out, yeah. of, <laughs> out of these porcelain coffee cups? That's Yeah, so that's what's funny is a lot of people, like when we'll sell, they're like, oh, can you give me some cocktails? And so now we have someone internally that helps us with mixology. But yeah. Zach and I were never bartenders ever. Um, so people be like, make me a margarita or something. I'll be like, uh... <laughs> I could pour your tequila in a glass. Um, yeah. I enjoy appreciating how it should be enjoyed, which is the just flavors. Um, like that. But I mean, I do like, I'm a fan of Paloma's. Margarita's the number one selling cocktail in the U.S., so obviously it'd be stupid not to have good margarita recipes. Yeah. So we have all that on our website. And then the Añejo, since it's like a bourbon or a whiskey, I make old fashions with it. Okay. Um, so I smoke old fashions at home and stuff like that, which is fun to do. That but cool. my preferred way, yes, is just just <laughs> drink it straight. But since fall time's coming, the reposado, a fun thing to do instead of salt and lime, is cinnamon, sugar, and orange. Oh, um, okay. And so I'll, I'll do that at my tasting sometimes just because it has good fall flavors. Yeah, and, that's yeah. cool. Um, so what is your why? I feel like you probably really already touched on this. I mean, just who you are as a person making relationships. Yeah. It's just having impact on others. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just trying to, our tequila brand, I I get where a tequila brand, it may seem silly, but one life is bigger than just a tequila brand for us. It's a community aspect. Um, trying to get people around the brand, people that have similar values and whatnot. Um, yeah. And just bringing people together. Awesome. Um, do you have any advice for somebody who wants to get into the alcohol business? <laughs> I guess I could touch on a few things. Uh, be patient. Um, some of the licensing and red tape stuff takes a long time. Yeah. Um, I, I can touch on that. When we started the brand, our first uh, markets were going to be Missouri and Texas. Um, so I moved, my partner moved from Denver to back to St. Louis, and I moved to Dallas thinking we would launch those markets at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it took us over six months to get our license in the state of Texas. Oh my gosh. Um, and so I basically moved my wife there and just left her, um, which did not end well. Um, and so 
in that time frame, we had also launched Artie Kansas, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And so I was up here all the time. Her parents are here. My mom's here. Um, so eventually I just made the choice, like, all right, we're moving back up to Wichita. I just moved you to Texas and you know no one. <laughs> and sorry. Uh, Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, so, yeah, be patient. Um, know the laws. Um, there are some brands that I've seen that, you know, try and do things because they just think they can like you can't just legally ship alcohol online to anyone anywhere at any time um you have to have certain permits and licensing to do that kind of stuff um it definitely sounds like a full-time like thing it is i mean like even in texas i have to submit uh, a report every 30 days of every sale that um what was made and um, I have to report that to them. I have it reminded on my phones in that report. Dang. Um, and so, and that's just one state. Yeah, and all the states are different. You have every to, state's different. You're going to have to hire somebody at least to keep up with that. Long term, yes. Yeah. For now, uh, it's me. Um, yeah. But then you also have to trust somebody with that responsibility. Which... And that's a very <laughs> hard thing. I don't like delegating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. If you want something done right, just do it yourself. That's true. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's really all that I wanted to talk about, unless you have any final send-off words. No, not really. No. I mean, again, yeah, you can find Una Vida all over town, um, Wichita, Kansas, Texas. Um, you know, reach out to me if you ever want to talk tequila. Yeah, um, tell the people where to find you and the company online. Yeah, so Una Vida's social media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram uh, is just Una Vida Tequila, U-N-A-V-I-D-A. And then mine is just my name, Bryce Lobb, B-R-Y-C-E-L-O-B. And you have a website for that? Yep, yep. And you can buy it online. I know I touched on liquor sales online. I'm going through all the proper legal channels. Um, but you can buy it online. We sell all of our apparel online, nice. cocktails. Um, we talk about the process. I mean, you again, you'll find some tequila brands that won't talk about how it's made. Um we want full transparency of here's how we do it. Um, here's how you get the final product on the table. And you mentioned to me before we started recording that you guys might be starting a podcast. Yep. Uh, so it should be coming soon. Uh, it'll be the too stupid to quit. podcast. love that. Um, yeah, it's just a phrase my partner Zach has used a lot um, just because people ask him his why and he'll mm. just jokingly be like, I don't know, maybe because I'm too stupid. Oh, um, my gosh. And he just we just keep going. I mean, there were months again that we started. Neither of us had any income coming in and just, you know, uh, for the first three years I lived at my in-laws um, and my business partner lived on his mom's couch and... Um, so there was just the sacrifices to get it off the ground that was like, yeah, yeah. we were just too stupid. Yeah, I, I think that's an awesome name. Yeah. Well, do you know when that might be coming? Just I, I'm, again, hoping sometime in the next three months. I'll post uh, about it. Yeah, post about it. <laughs> um, we're going to start recording. I want to have some episodes out before I start yeah. doing it. But we want to have people on similar to this and talk entrepreneurship, but also talk tequila talk with a lot of our bigger accounts that have brought us on Mm -hmm. why they've chosen because a lot of our bigger accounts we have the relationship with the owner specifically of hey why'd you choose to open this restaurant or this bar that's been so successful yeah um, and do that kind of stuff there's a lot to learn from those people oh absolutely awesome well i appreciate you sitting down today with me and giving me some shots of tequila (laughs) um you can find me at sideboobs.sidehustles and my personal page at brit.ferris thanks for tuning in and see you next week bye